sounds kind of funny to say. Honestly, it sounds kind of funny to think. But it's not only possible, but it's actually fairly easy to lose our own awareness, to lose our own sense of what is and what isn't, of what's actually happening, what it actually means, what's really going on here. What is really the full and complete content of our life? And what meaning can we actually draw from this content, from what's actually happening, from our experience here? Because this idea of our own awareness, of owning our own awareness, of reclaiming our own awareness, it really is a maturing process, a maturation process that unfolds in lots of different phases through our entire life. We can see this throughout our life. We can see this as children. A lot of our opinions are shaped, are formed, are brought to us, are introduced to us through our own influences, through people and ideas that influence us. A lot of times we walk around with this hodgepodge of other people's ideas as a way to make sense of the world, which of course we do. We come in as a, as a blank slate. We come in pretty empty. So we have to rely, we have to utilize the content of opinions and ideas and thoughts and meanings from other people in order to try to make sense of things. This, of course, is very necessary. This is very useful. This is a big part of the role that culture plays. It's a big part of the role society plays. People have sort of these shared ideas, these shared standards, this sort of baseline, this sort of template that we can start to build our own opinions off of. But that last part is the key right there. Using these ideas, using these templates as a way to build our own opinions. It's a way to inform and enrich and expand our own awareness. Use these ideas as tools, as being able to really understand what's going on by adding some context, by being able to add some experience that we don't actually have, that perhaps someone else has, and we can learn from their experience. We can learn from tradition. We can learn from ideas that get handed down. But like all things of value, there is a limit to that value. All things that fit us at one point, we will eventually outgrow. Because that's the process of life. Life is constant creation. Life is constant growing and expanding. And the things that fit us once will not fit us permanently. And that's life. And living a good life is developing some level of comfort with us, some level of ease with us especially when ideas or beliefs are concerned, of having them and holding them and using them while they're useful, but when they don't really fit anymore, when they've outlived their usefulness, learning to let them go, learning to perhaps substitute them with more informed, more nuanced, or at the very least, what seem like more truthful ideas than the ones we held prior. This can be a bit of a tricky thing, reclaiming our own awareness. Because there's so many things, there's so many forces, there's so many places in our lives, there's so many outlets that will tell us what to think, what to feel, what meaning to draw. But to really make up our own mind, to really have our own opinion, to really truly have our own awareness, a lot of times it means calling some of the beliefs that we've held into question. A lot of times it means holding some of these beliefs up to a little bit of scrutiny. And asking ourselves, is this really true? Is this really relevant for my life right now? Does this still fit? Does this still make sense? Because in order for beliefs to really be useful, to really be helpful, 
They need to be resilient. They have to have their own strength. They should be able to hold up to a bit of scrutiny. We should be able to poke and prod our own beliefs. Because if we or someone else holds a belief that cannot tolerate any sort of scrutiny, that can never be questioned, that is absolutely unfallible, absolutely unchangeable, then those beliefs are actually very brittle, very fragile, and thus can't really be used, can't really be utilized. Because our beliefs, as we go through our lives, naturally change, naturally grow and change with us. And the more fixed our beliefs are, the more locked in to a certain way of thinking, to absolutes of everything is always this, nothing is ever that, we actually cut ourselves off from a fair amount of life experience. Because I think we've all encountered, life actually trades in very few absolutes. That's both the challenge and the opportunity of life. There's always possibility. There's always change. Things are rarely the same, even twice. Exactly the same, anyway. Things are always different. Life is always presenting us with something new, something we haven't exactly seen before, something exactly we haven't done before. And that's a good thing. Because every bit of novelty, everything that's new, is an opportunity to learn, is an opportunity to grow, is an opportunity to expand. But this is the interaction. This is the alchemy of life. This is how life itself, this is how living itself changes us. Because it's always different. It's always changing. It's always handing us something new, some new bit of information, some new type of experience. And then we're the ones who get to integrate that. We're the ones who get to put that to use. And so when a lot of us start down this spiritual path, when a lot of us start to build our own awareness, we of course start with the awarenesses of others. We may start with some sort of text. We may start with some sort of group. We may start with some influence of some kind. But somewhere along the way, in order for our own spiritual growth to really fully develop, it has to become our own. We have to make it ours. We have to find a way that it actually makes sense, that it actually works for us. That the deeper we go, the more of our own version of whatever belief system we have, we are creating. The more individual we get, the more unique we get. Because no one else knows all the things that we know. No one else has experienced all the things that we've experienced. No one else has lived even close to the same life that we have. So why would we arrive at the same ideas? Why would we arrive at the same conclusions? Why would we arrive at the exact same meanings? Of course, we can have consensus on things that are a bit more fundamental and things that are a bit more basic. But the further we go, the deeper we dive, the more individual a lot of these truths get, the more specific to us what we observe, what we learn, what we know becomes. And this is a good thing, because we can only go so far on other people's ideas. We can only go so far in trading in things that we already know, or that are already known by others. Eventually, we'll have to learn for ourselves. We'll have to know for ourselves. We'll have to form our own ideas. We'll have to form our own opinions. We'll have to individuate in some way. 
up to find and nurture and flourish in our own uniqueness. Understanding that, as human beings, we're a bit of a walking paradox. That at once we are all extremely unique, extremely individual. But we also share in this incredible commonality, in this incredible community, in this incredible oneness at the same time. We are all common and we are all unique. In a lot of ways, this is an unsolvable puzzle. This is a distinction we can never fully reconcile. We can never fully bring into alignment with each other. And we can absolutely try. We can absolutely try to pick one and try to make that the absolute truth. We can decide that I am an individual. I am a one of one. And carry that out to extreme. And then see what that gets us. See what kind of life we live when that's really the only thing we believe in. Which leads us to a life that has a very clear void in it, has a very clear emptiness in it. Because in all of our striving, all of our effort, if ultimately the roots of that are just merely self-centered, are merely self-focused, we're just doing things for our own benefit, for our own gratification, then we're missing something. And we all know it. We all know it when we experience this. We all know it when we're too far out on the spectrum of self. But there's a bit of a hunger that develops, an emptiness that makes itself known. And what a lot of us do when we experience this is just try to serve and gratify and expand ourselves more. But because this isn't really scratching the right itch, this isn't really satisfying the emptiness that exists, it's never really satiating. We can see this in our own consumerism. We can see this in our own materialism. We can see this in our own greed. We can see this in our own accumulation of power, of notoriety, of fame, of the approval and the opinions of others. That if all we're trying to really build and grow is our own individuality, and that's it, that's where our effort, that's where our focus ends, that we're not actually living fully. Kind of like drinking seawater. We drink something to quench our thirst, but what we choose to drink just makes that thirst grow. Conversely, we can be on the opposite side of the spectrum. We can be too communal. We can be too focused on oneness and unity. It sounds like kind of a funny thing to say. It sounds like these things are inherent ideals. These, these things are inherently good no matter how we do it. But no. Anything good can be overstretched and turn into its opposite. Too much is always too much, even if it's too much of a good thing. But if we're too focused on our group memberships, if we're too focused on ourselves in a community, if we're too focused on only thinking of ourselves in our own membership to a larger group, we miss the opportunities of developing and savoring our own individuality, of our own uniqueness. We miss the opportunities to be able to contribute as an individual, to add something new, to think something that's never been thought before, to say something that's never been said before, to do something that's never been done before. All those are individual acts. And oftentimes all of those acts require us to break out of a group, to eschew a group for a moment. Maybe we have to defy an expectation. 
Maybe we have to go against a tradition. Maybe we just have to do something completely unexpected. But all of these things we have to do as an individual. And again, that's the paradox, that's the challenge of being a human being. That we exist both as part of a greater whole, as well as as an individual. And it's the work of our life to find the ideal balance, the ideal balance point between the two. To live a life imbued and complete with oneness as well as with individuation. Of allowing ourselves to be both. To be part of the oneness as well as a unique individual. And not get too lost in either side. Be able to be both. Be able to hold both ideas at the same time. Be able to apply our own awareness and build our own awareness around both. Build our own awareness around our unique gifts, our unique capabilities, our unique qualities as an individual. But also notice and be aware that we are members, we are co-creators of a greater oneness of all creation. And we are both of these things at the same time, simultaneously. And I believe anyway, this is one of those awarenesses that once we have it, it's something that can't be unseen. Once it's known, it can't be unknown because it is so patently obvious that we're both. And then when we have this awareness, we look around at our culture, at our society, and we can see there are so many different forces trying to pull us in one direction or the other, trying to make us be more communal or trying to make us be more individual. It all depends. It all depends what the incentives are of whatever power structure has been created around those ideas. But we're the ones who get to choose. We're the ones who get to choose how and why and when we live through these both parts of ourselves. How we find ways to integrate them. How we find ways to live a co-creative life as an individual. Find ways to cooperate and contribute in our own individuality. With our own individuality. Because once we start expanding our awareness, once we really start leaning into awareness, we can't help but reclaim it. We can't help for it to become more and more ours. Because there's nothing more real, more true than experience. In order for something to really be known, really be believed deeply on the inside, it must be experienced. And when we go through life with awareness, when we go through life paying attention, we naturally add greater depth to our own experience. As we become aware of more, as we notice more, we change as well. Our beliefs change because they have to. Because we've experienced something new. We now know something we didn't know before. And because of that knowing, now our beliefs have changed. Because our beliefs have changed, now we have changed. Or at the very least, our expression has changed. Our ideas have changed. Our perspective has changed. Because new ideas, new information has come in. We've had new awareness. And thus we have grown. 
and thus we have changed, and thus we are different. And this is life. This is us living life. This is us growing and expanding. But the unfortunate thing is, especially when fear gets involved, we can try to lock our beliefs down. We can try to lock our awareness down. We can get really good at ignoring what isn't convenient, what doesn't comport with what we believe, with what doesn't reinforce us, with what doesn't validate us. But then that's just us constructing illusion. That's us living in a fantasy world. That's us contributing to our own unconsciousness. I always thought it was really interesting that the root of ignorance is ignore. But we can always choose to reclaim our own awareness. We can always choose what we're aware of, what we pay attention to. We can always choose if we pay attention or not. We can always choose our own level of conscious ignorance by choosing what we ignore and what we don't. And that part of our own growth, part of our own development, part of our own evolution through this life is making up our own mind, is having our own ideas, our own opinions, is individuating our own perspectives, our own beliefs. And we do this through awareness. We do this through paying attention. We do this by not being satisfied by someone or something else telling us that such and such is so. We want to know. We want to experience it for ourselves. We don't want to go into life with what feels like assumptions. We want to actually know. A lot of us start down the spiritual path precisely because of this reason. Because we want to know. We want to know the answers. Not only do we want to know the answers, we want to know the truth. We want to wake up. We want to see how things actually are. We're not satisfied with the stories we've been fed. We're not satisfied with what we've been led to believe how things are. We want and need to know for ourselves. And we do this through awareness. We do this through reclaiming our own awareness. Not being so quick, just blindly accept everything we're told. To not just blindly believe how everything seems to be. That we know and we can trust that the truth is self-evident. We know and we can trust that when we run across truth, we'll know it. Especially core truths are undeniable. But in order to experience many of these truths, we have to be aware. We have to pay attention. We have to look. We have to listen. We have to ponder. We have to feel. We have to get below face value. We have to get below appearances. We have to get below the superficial and interact with things on a deeper level. Take things in in a deeper way. In this depth is usually where truth lies. It's usually where we find it. Because typically, illusions are convenient. Following the untrue is usually a lot easier. But if it's the truth we want, if we really want to know, then we have to endeavor after it. We have to have the courage. We have to have the faith. We have to have the confidence to pursue truth on its own terms. Even if it's inconvenient, even if it doesn't fit in with our plans, even if it makes us question beliefs that we hold. Because the pursuit of truth is both a durable investment 
and also comes at a cost. And this is the choice we make. Because once we know, we can't pretend like we don't know anymore. Once we're awake, we can't pretend we're asleep. Once we feel, we can't pretend that we don't. Once we know, we can't pretend that we don't know. And this is a choice all of us get to make. We all choose our level of engagement with life. We always choose the depth that we encounter life at. We always choose how much we pay attention. We always choose our own awareness. And we always choose how much of our awareness is truly ours. And because of this, we get to choose our own level of engagement. And it's not that any level of engagement is better or more right than any other. It's choosing the level of engagement that is right for us. But if we want to know the truth, if we want to know the whole truth, then the whole truth will be the only thing that is ever satisfying. It's the only thing that will ever do. And if it's truth that we're after, it's our own awareness that will get us there. And we'll find the deep and profound truths that we're looking for when our own awareness has been reclaimed and is truly ours. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All episodes are given freely. If you feel inspired to give, please visit theunionpath.com forward slash donate. If you have a question, you can contact me at theunionpath at gmail.com. Take care and all the best.